You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, as our listeners to the Paracast know, on last week's episode, we had a last-minute fill-in guest who actually was quite a good guest, Robert Schroeder, who came up with an intriguing idea, not his original idea, but certainly something he had looked into, that may explain how one can achieve interstellar travel from star to star. And he went into this elaborate thing where traveling several light years to Proxima Centauri would involve a trip that would be physically 25 miles. Now, strangely enough here, which kind of surprised me, and Randall, you can give me your comments briefly before we get to our guest, Rick Doty, in a moment here. Some listeners felt I was being very rude to Robert, who's such a sweet guy. And what's your impression? Do you think I was unduly rude because maybe I didn't completely agree with him? No, I thought that that we were just exploring the topic. And actually, I think I received a follow-up email uh, from Robert, uh, who was really quite happy to have been on the show. So I I think we did really good there to satisfy kind of both sides of the the equation. I kind of wonder, I saw some posts on YouTube about it. And this is the first time that a show that seems so civil seemed to strike some people as out of the rails. In fact, a couple of listeners, or actually one listener in our forum, said the same thing. I was interrupting him. I was being rude to him. And I've disagreed with people before in a far more vociferous manner and never heard such a thing. Chris, did you hear the show at all? You know, I did. And um, and then I also remember his um, inaugural appearance on the show, where um, I thought that we actually were a little bit <laughs> a little bit more strident with him uh, the first time he came around, and he seemed quite willing to come on back and do uh, a second round. So I think that indicates um, our good intentions and the fact that we uh, we are professional here at the Paracast. And I think uh, today's uh, this week's guest, Richard Doty, will uh, uh, leave the show with that same same impression. We're going to ask hard questions, but we do so with respect and with the understanding that uh, we, we're just trying to get to the bottom of various issues that um, are of interest to the host of the show and, of course, our listening public. The thing to mention with Robert is that he loved being on the show. He liked it so much he came back on After the Paracast and we were joined by Greg Bishop. And he doesn't have a problem mixing it up or disagreeing with people. That's not something that should indicate hate. He enjoyed it. He's really, really had a good time. And we did, too. He's a nice guy. I mean, if I had a chance to have a a dinner with some people who listen to the show, I'd include him. Why the heck not? Just because maybe we have a few disagreements. If you did that, you'd never have dinner with anybody. Right. Also, Artie Six Killer Clark, I think, was another example. People felt that I was very uh, rude and short with her. And after the show, she said that she had never had such a good time on a show and that this was her favorite show to do. So, you know, it's all in the ear of the beholder, I guess, or something. Rick Doty, I've heard about you for a long, long time, since the 1980s. But you have a background, which I gather here is strictly in the military. It says here you were born in New York State. Whereabouts? Barton. B-A-R-T-O-N. Barton, New York. Uh, it's uh, east of Elmara, New York, okay. in the southern tier area. My goodness, I'm right there uh, as we speak. I'm in Shimon. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right <laughs> around the corner from where, uh, where I was born. Yeah. 
Uh, coincidence, uh, in, in, in a very interesting coincidence. So entering the Air Force, was this part of the family ties? Were your parents in the yeah. Air Force? My father. My father was. Uh-huh. My father was in the Air Force. It says here from your bio that you specialized, I, I guess, in intelligence. How so? Why? Okay. Um, in 1978, I joined the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. I went to uh, an intelligence school in Washington, D.C. Uh, I was trained in uh, counterintelligence, counterespionage. And uh, then I was sent to my first assignment was uh, Kirtland Air Force Base with Air, with Air Force OSI District 17. And that was in 1978. And, uh, and while I was assigned to Kirtland, uh, an incident happened whereby a, a we, at Kirtland there was a, uh, a classified at that time classified a weapon storage area called Manzano Base that stored nuclear weapons, and um, some security personnel guarding that site observed a strange object uh, hovering around the storage area, and then later on that same night, or actually early the next morning, a security guard for Sandia National Laboratories, which is has a, 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 a their main manufacturing facility is on Kirtland Air Force Base. Uh, this security guard observed a uh, flying, uh, he referred to it as a flying saucer in the canyon area, which landed and created some, some problems for uh, that area. And I was assigned to investigate that incident. But prior to, to investigating it, I, was, I had to be briefed into a special program. And that special program involved the U.S. government's investigation and contacts with uh, UFOs, investigating UFOs since uh, the, the late 40s. And so I was sent to an Air Force Special Security Office on the base. And an officer there, a colonel, a football colonel, briefed me into the program. And that's how I became involved in this subject. Which colonel was that? Uh, I don't know that I, I want to mention his name. He's still alive and he's still, he's still around. But uh, it, it, he was part of the, the Air Force uh, Special Security Office, which grants security clearances for special category access. Now, speaking of colonels, one of our regular listeners, Curtis Collins, sent me a note asking if you were acquainted at all with a Colonel Weaver and a Colonel Hennessy. Yes. Okay, how... Yes, Colonel Weaver... Please. Colonel Weaver was somebody who, who was also... Uh, assigned to uh, this special program, and Colonel Hennessy was the overall uh, commander of a um, special projects um, a special projects branch of the Air Force OSI. Now, the question I would have here is: prior to getting hooked into this thing because of that sighting. Had you at all paid any attention to UFOs? No. 
No, I had nothing to do. Never, never had any interest in him. Uh, I, I had a brother uh, who was a, a, a two years older than me. Uh, he was the UFO buff in the family. He would read all the UFO uh, true magazines and read, the, uh, I think, the first first or second book that uh, George Adamski had written, but I was never interested in it. Having been exposed to this, was it a matter of doing the work or did you find yourself being, shall we say, sucked in? Oh, no, I wasn't sucked in. That was my job. I was, my duties was, I was a special agent with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations and I had duties to perform and this was one of the duties I had to perform. I was, I was given this case by my supervisor, and uh, at that time, my supervisor uh, was John Brisboy. He he was my uh, supervisor at Kirtland. He gave me the the assignment, and I uh, investigated it and, and and carried out my duties. We've got a lot more to come with Rick Doty, starting with his early years working as an Air Force officer and becoming acquainted with the UFO phenomenon. We got a lot more to come. And a lot of listener questions, as you might expect. With Gene, Chris, and J. Randall Murphy, you're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361. For hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com.
Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. From his palatial estate in upstate New York, or the state of confusion in upstate New York, you know, I, I, he likes that. I have a friend who I give the same introduction, palatial estate. And he lives in this lovely converted barn near Stratford-on-Avon in the UK. And I think we'd all like to just leave our homes and maybe occupy one of his spare rooms. <laughs> it, it, I think drafty, dusty old barn house might even be more appropriate, but uh, I digress. I have a question, though, Gene, for, uh, for our guest. First of all, Rick. You have quite a reputation um, over the years. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have uh, been talking about you, and you've been a, a particularly hard person to pin down by shows like the Paracast. How many uh, radio shows have you actually done where you've talked about your your past with um, AFOSI and um, some of the projects that you're involved with? I, I didn't. The Art Bell show once. Mm-hmm. I believe that was in the late uh, 90s, and I did uh, the Coast to Coast with George Norrie once, and I've done maybe one or two others. Uh, okay. Since. Why um, have you agreed to come on our show? Uh, I know we're persistent, and we've we've made quite a number of requests over the years to uh, t- try to get you on the show, but why did you agree to come on the show to begin with? Well, I like to set the story straight, so to speak. I've been uh, criticized and sometimes humiliated online about what I did or what I didn't do or what I could have done 
uh, over the years uh, and during my career. I was uh, labeled as a disinformation officer for the Air Force, and none of that's true. I did my job. My, my job was to investigate counterintelligence, counterespionage operations or, or incidents, and, and that's exactly what I did. I did it, and I, I was uh, rewarded for it. I got rewards for it within the intelligence community, and I was allowed to leave and um, and carried on another career after that. So uh, right. I, I just want to set the story straight. Let well, me ask you a quick question before Chris follows up, looking at UFOs. Now, over the years, we've gotten the impression here, at least it's claimed, that the Air Force, that the military hasn't taken UFOs all that seriously, except perhaps for Project Blue Book. And even this most recent project we heard about, the Pentagon UFO study, so-called, they gave up on it when they could. So watching what was going on and the work you were doing, didn't you get the impression that the people that you were working with really, really were seriously interested in this? Well, I knew they were. I was briefed into a program. I was, I was showed uh, highly classified information about the Roswell incident, about some other incidents. I had access to other investigations or other incidents that had happened around the United States and, and some overseas. Uh, the Air Force had an active uh, program to investigate any UFO incidents that happened on an Air Force base near an Air Force base or involving Air Force resources. And that means airplanes or any other type of resources. They had that and they still have it today. I know they yeah. do because I have friends that are still in the intelligence community. They'd be crazy not to. Exactly. I mean, anybody with any common sense, stop and think about it. There's things that happen out there. And, and I, I agree that Project Blue Book, most of those cases in Project Blue Book could be readily answered by something else. I mean, by a natural known phenomenon. But right. there were approximately 1,900 of them that involved extraterrestrial crafts. I read the report. It was classified. It, it, it's one of the, the um, uh, derivatives of the Blue Book uh, uh, investigation, but it, it's never been declassified, so it's still there. But, but they, they can categorically say, yes, these... 1900 and whatever they were uh, were uh, extraterrestrial crafts well in light of that um and one of your first investigations being a landed unidentified craft at one of near one of the largest underground storage facilities of nuclear uh, materials in the world on a classified you know area of, a, of an air force base i would think that that would be a bit of a priority <laughs> for the air force to want to investigate you mentioned that you've seen uh, classified information uh, at the time uh, relating to this phenomenon. How much can you talk about Roswell? How much can you talk about uh, some of the more celebrated cases, let's say Malmstrom uh, 78? I'm sure when you were there at Kirtland, you were hearing about UFOs showing up uh, around some of the missile silos outside of uh, in Cascade County up in Montana, for instance, around and around Malmstrom Air Force Base. I mean, how much can you discuss about these particular uh, incidences and case case files that were opened uh, uh, as a result of these these incursions into uh, you know airspace uh, restricted airspace? How much can we talk about that with you? 
You can ask me any question you want. I can ninety um, percent of it. I would I would discuss. There's probably some that I personally consider that maybe too sensitive to discuss. But the Air Force has blown this out of proportion over these years. When when I uh, filed lawsuit some years ago against somebody, the Air Force initially wanted to back me, and then they turned their back on me. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to tell it like it is. And if they want to come after me, let them come after me. And I've been talking about it for probably the last 10 or 12 years. And I got out of what left the Air Force and I left the service of the OSI in 1988. And although they called me back to active duty uh, in 1993, but it didn't have anything to do with UFOs. It had something to do with uh, something else I had worked on. But I talked to... uh, General uh, Richard B.A., who was the general in charge of OSI. Okay. And and so all this stuff will eventually come out. And so I decided, what the hell? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and talk about it. The, well, that's the, just Roswell absolutely, uh, that's absolutely okay, terrific. The Roswell, um, okay, the Roswell incident, and I've talked about this before on air. The Roswell incident, the, 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 I was briefed on the Roswell incident. I saw the actual film. Uh, that uh, uh, that was created by the Air Force. The, the Roswell incident, there's very few people that actually got it right. But the Roswell incident, there was two, the way it was uh, uh, investigated by the Air Force, what it w- was determined, it wasn't just the Air Force involved in this, Los Alamos National Laboratories and, uh, and other agencies. But in 1947, two extraterrestrial aircrafts flying around New Mexico. There was a uh, huge electrical storm uh, somehow the two crafts crashed, it, it glided in air. One landed southeast uh, of Corona, New Mexico, l- thus being the Roswell crash site. And one landed over near uh, Magdalena, uh, west of Magdalena in Horse Mesa. Well, it looks like here we're going to certainly hear a very, very different slant on the Roswell case. So we're all going to be interested in what Rick has to say. So let's do the break now, but let me remind you first that we have the Paracast Plus waiting for you to join it. We offer a version of this show that's free of the network ads. We offer the After the Paracast podcast and other goodies. To check it out, go to plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. We got more to come. With Gene, Chris, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX 
That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. You're listening to the Paracast. The gold standard of paranormal radio. By the way, if you hear Chris's keyboard going full steam, he's got the noisiest keyboard on the planet. I gave it to him. Sorry, I had, for some reason, my setting went to the internal mic on the uh, computer. I'm I'm sorry about that. I've uh, gone ahead and made the change. Go ahead. Let's continue. Rick Doty telling us about the Roswell crash, which turns out to be two crashes. So we're both recovered then, right, Rick? Yes. One, one crash site involved two locations. One, the actual uh, the craft was located 
some distance from that crash was a debris field, a large debris field. And that debris field was found initially uh, by the rancher. And later on, the military found the actual craft with one alien still alive. They recovered it. They sent it to Los Alamos. I don't know the full story about the the ET that they found. I, there wasn't a whole lot in the briefing about that other than he died in 19. It was a male. It, it died in 1952. The second crash site in Horse Mesa, very remote area, was found in 1949 by some ranchers. Now, the craft was there uh, pretty much intact, and all the, uh, the six extraterrestrials, the creatures, were all... Uh, thrown from the craft, but they were all highly uh, decayed, and their bodies weren't there wasn't much left of their bodies. But that site was was examined by the Air Force. All the debris and everything was sent to Los Alamos, and later on to uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base. And, and where was so that? Actually, Wright Patterson Air Force Base in in Ohio. No, where was the crash site? It, it was in Horse Mesa. If you look on the map, a New Mexico map. And you find Magdalena, and you go southwest of Magdalena, you'll find a place called Horse Mesa. And up, up just above that is where the site, where the crash site was located by a, by a couple ranchers. I believe they were relocating cattle. And, okay, uh, so uh, when you say you were briefed about this, are you talking about you were just looking at some documentation? Or did they present you with a, a film or a slideshow? Did you see pictures? What sort of evidence, evidence of this did you, did you get? Oh, no, it was a full briefing. And I wasn't the only one in the room. There were a number of other people in the room that I believe at the time I was briefed, there were at least 10, 12, and maybe maybe one or two more. Uh, no, they, they, they have an actual briefing film. It's a, it's a film that was probably created, I don't know, five or six years prior to me seeing it in 1978, and then it had been updated. But the, the film, the briefing film, contained old footage of the recovery operation in New Mexico and in, uh, in, in both locations in New Mexico. And uh, so, and it was this, and then the colonel that was given this briefing would, uh, he would reiterate on certain aspects of what the United States government was doing or had done since then. The, the, the briefing film only contained the, uh, how the United States became involved in this subject. And that was, it started in 1948. There was never any mention about anything prior to 1947, uh, the Roswell incident. It was, it was never anything uh, ever mentioned in this briefing film. So you saw so, films of the actual craft or, or and the recovery? Is that what you're saying? Can you confirm that? Yes, yes. It was the old, the old film. Uh, I mean, it was old footage of the actual recovery operation in Roswell, or in the, both locations in New Mexico, showing the craft, showing the alien bodies. Uh, and there was one small segment, probably ten or fifteen, that showed the live, live creature. But that they just briefly mentioned it, that the creature was transported to a, a facility, and and uh, they didn't mention a whole lot about that after uh, during that film. But uh, the 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 briefing film was, like I said, was a narrative of everything the United States had done from '47 on, um, and and mentioned several different. Uh, um, crash sites that Roswell and uh, one in Aztec, New Mexico, and and uh, one in uh, uh, Nevada. 
All right, you mentioned Aztec. Is this the one in 1948 that's so controversial? Uh, well, actually, it wasn't uh, 48. I believe it was uh, 51. Uh, I, I, um, I don't recall the exact date of that, but it was after. It was at least a, a couple of years after. Okay, so yeah. this is not the one that Frank Scully wrote about in this very controversial book and that has been a subject of controversy. This is a totally different episode in Aztec. I take it then, from what you're telling me, we can get into more of the logistics and such, that these captured spaceships are still being held somewhere, right, Patterson, or somewhere else? No, they're out in Nevada. They're out at the uh, Air Force um, Test and Evaluation Site, which is everybody calls uh, Area 51. At least the last time I knew they were. I, I, I can't. I can't speak for uh, now, right today, but the last time I knew, they were out there. Is there any truth to Lazar's claims then, you think? Yeah, I, actually, uh, uh, another part of uh, what I did was I actually worked out in Area 51 from, from ni- in 1984, 1983, 1984. I went temporary duty out there to conduct some investigations. Uh, and so I, I had access to that location. Now, I don't know. I mean, I never saw Lazar and I, I, I read what he said and he describes, uh, S2, uh, pretty, pretty clearly. I mean, what, what he, either somebody told him all this or he was actually there because, uh, he describes the location, uh, very accurately. Okay, so when you were out there then, uh, that might be on the uh, operation that you alluded to in another interview where you were talking about uh, Janet Airlines and uh, you were dealing with, uh, you know, you alluded to an airline company that was shuttling people back and forth out there. Is, uh, that's, is, yes. is that what you, yeah, okay. Cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there for, I was there, I don't know how many times I spent, uh, um, probably four months at the first time. And then I don't know how many other times, but over a period of about 18 months, I think I probably was there six or seven times. So I, and I was briefed into the briefed in, I had the access for most of the locations on, on, uh, in that area. Not, not everything. I mean, I, I, everybody uh, doesn't get access to everything. So there was probably a lot of things that, that were going on there that I didn't see or didn't have access to. In connection with your work, what exactly were you doing and why do you think you were brought into this program? Well, I was brought into the program to investigate the incidents uh, of of, of UFOs, uh, sightings or incidents involving extraterrestrial contacts on or near Air Force installation or involving Air Force property or personnel. Uh, I mean, I I wasn't the only one. There was 122 other uh, well, 121, but there's 122 of us uh, OSI agents that were uh, briefed into the program that were conducting investigations worldwide during the 70s and 80s. This is quite extraordinary because we know that the overflow from Blue Book went to the OSI, but uh, up until now, it's uh, anything we've heard about it is it was just uh, – kind of an underfunded office where they really didn't want the responsibility and pretty much just filed things away 
never to be seen again. But you're saying that they had a dedicated program here as part of uh, Special Projects OSI with uh, over 100 people involved. I mean, that that dwarfs Blue Book. Let me say, let me clarify something. 122 OSI agents, that doesn't count the support people that were involved, the secretaries or the analysts or the uh, some linguists involved. And I don't know the total number, but I'd, I'd say probably with the, all these support personnel, it would be at least 200. So when you got a sighting then, I mean, would they uh, give you access to a jet and you'd fly out to, you know, a location to investigate or how did it actually go down? Let's do our break and we'll continue with that. With Randall, Gene and Chris, you're in. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Hello, my name is Marjorie Wildcraft. I'm the founder of The Grow Network, which is an online community of people who produce their own food and medicine. We are really into backyard self-reliance. If you want this lifestyle, I suggest your first step be to learn some basic home medicine. 
Just the other day, my 18-year-old son came to me and said, Mama, I got a sore throat. Can you fix me up? And I said, Sure, Ryan. And in about 24 hours, he was better. The best home medicine for you to start out with is garlic. It's an amazing natural antibiotic, and I can show you how to use garlic to handle ear infections, sore throats, colds, and flus. As a way for you to get to know a little bit more about me and the Grow Network, I've written up an easy introduction on how to use garlic. It's at gcnwellness.com. Now, the station manager told me that I needed to say the URL at least twice, even though it feels kind of weird. But if you're interested in backyard self-reliance, you are one of us. Go to www.gcnwellness.com and let's connect up. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Rick Doty telling us here about his work for the Air Force and his exposure to evidence about Roswell. You want to continue with that question, Randall? Yeah, sure. So um, before the break, I was asking, okay, so uh, you guys get the reports in from uh, a various base, then then what would happen? Would you uh, would they assign you a pilot in an airplane and you'd head out to the base and interview people? Or how exactly, what was your procedure there? Well, it depends on who, uh, we had areas to cover. Mine was the south Southwest. I covered New Mexico, uh, Nevada, and uh, Arizona, southwestern portion of Colorado. I went to Utah on a special assignment involving something to that effect. But if something occurred, uh, we, myself and another agent, there would be always two agents, maybe even more. Uh, we would get a flight probably most of the time if we were just commercial. I mean, it wasn't a, an emergency. It was we'd get a commercial flight and we'd fly to that location and rent a car and uh, go out and invest. And uh, did you present yourselves pretty uh, casually or uh, were you sort of more the MIB types? Did you show up in black suits and white shirts? Or <laughs> how, how exactly did you present yourself? Well, well first of all, Air Force size special agents, we weren't military. We were civilians, so we didn't wear uniforms. We wore civilian clothes and we would just wear casual uh, civilian clothes or a suit. I, I never, I mean, I've been asked this question a thousand times. I'd never owned a black suit. So uh, I, I didn't, I didn't wear a black yeah. suit. I was never no, used no, to be in men in black. No, okay. No, so no, you no. were the three men no. in khaki, right? <laughs> yeah. Three men in khaki. Right. Right. No, no fedoras, no wraparound black sunglasses, nothing, you know, skinny black ties, uh, late model, fifties uh, Cadillacs, that sort of thing. No, no, nothing like that. Not no. me. Uh, that, 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 that must have been the other secret people. That must have been the CIA guys. Uh, Speaking of which, I want to ask you about that since you're involved in intelligence work when you were with the Air Force. Did you encounter, to be blunt, other spooks from other agencies? Yes. Yes, I did. 
actually, we had a confrontation once uh, between the OSI and the NSA, and that was the involving the Benowitz. Um, yeah, we're going to get into that. But uh, Rick, I must say, this is fascinating. Uh, these are revelations, if true, that uh, I think very, very few people are aware of uh, the extent and the width and breadth of interest by the uh, official interest by the Air Force into these types of claims by, by witnesses and, uh, you know, seeing actual film of, of crashes, film of bodies. Uh, these are highly uh, sensational claims that you're making here. I, I have a question here from one of our listeners without limits. Uh, he's wondering, uh, based on all your, you know, 10 years of active duty and uh, your your um, investigations, and, and I want you to tell me how many approximately you actually went out uh, on in 10 years, but where do you come down on the reality of UFOs? It sounds like uh, this is a slam dunk. Yes, uh, we are being visited by uh, you know, beings from somewhere else, and uh, there's no question about their reality. Is this so? And and if so, uh, do you have any indication of knowledge of where these uh, craft and, and beings are coming from? Oh, I'm I'm thoroughly convinced we've been we've been visited at least from. I mean, the, the Air Force acknowledges that we've been visited at least from 1947 on. I I can't speak for anything that occurred after before that because I. They, I was never briefed into that. I've heard it, rumors and stuff, but I'm I don't I don't talk about rumors. I only talk about what I know, what I know is fact, or what I saw, and or what I developed myself. And so, yes, we have been. And uh, you know, I've said this before, uh, and others have said it. We've been visited uh, by probably more than one extraterrestrial race. I think uh, one of the better researchers that has done their done her job so to speak was Linda Moulton Howell. That's something I'm sure you're gonna ask me about the the, the incident involving Linda and and what uh, what we did uh, to to investigate her and, and 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 what she had done and what she was trying to do. But she had during the time that I knew had contact with Linda Moulton Howell, she had so many sources within the intelligence community that the that the government was scared. Uh, that she was actually getting people within the intelligence community, the CIA, the DIA, NSA, OSI, to tell her things that they that she should know. So, uh, as far as uh, visiting, I think I think if you took this to court uh, and 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 presented this case to court about whether we had been visited, I think any jury would would reach a verdict in a matter of a few minutes after listening to all the evidence. Now, when you say the government was nervous about uh, Linda Moulton Howe as a journalist knowing too much, there's been some suggestion about other journalists in the past, such as Dorothy Kilgallen and uh, being involved with Kennedy and so on. Did, did you ever hear any rumors or do you have any insider information that can link up uh, some of the misfortune that they incurred in connection with any of this stuff? Only what I've read in open sources. I mean, I don't. I don't have any any particular inside story about her or any anyone else. Uh, I, I don't. I stay away from that. I stay, I tell you. I'm going to tell you what I know, what I saw, and what I did. And I don't speculate on what other people have done or what other people might know okay. or something. But uh, okay. I, I don't. I don't. I, we can't answer that question. Let me ask you a specific question, though. Back to Roswell. Now we've had. 
The Roswell spaceships on ice are over now at Area 51, plus where they were before for decades. Have we learned anything about them? Have we been able to decode or reverse engineer alien technology? Of course, we all remember that book, The Day After Roswell, written by Colonel Corso and, of course, Bill Burns, that claimed that we did, although some people regard the specific inventions mentioned as being questionable. Are you aware of anything being reverse engineered, any technology that would not have existed or would not have been perfected were it not for the presence of an alien craft? No, I was, uh, I'm not a scientist. I was never uh, briefed into any kind of scientific program or R&D program. So I, I can't answer that question. I'm not sure whether, whether we have, uh, I mean, I've read about whether we have or not. Me personally, I don't know. On another show, you were quoted as saying that the Cash Landrum operation was a total failure. So it sounds like you've had some involvement with that. Can you tell us more about that? Well, the Cash Landrum case was, in fact, a reverse-engineered craft. It was a extraterrestrial craft using a propulsion system that the U.S. government created or manufactured, and it was an flying operation from one one base to another base, and something went wrong, and it uh, spurred out some radiation and uh, affected those people on the ground. Now, that's what I know about it. I mean, I don't know technically how it was engineered or reverse engineered or which craft that they reverse engineered or whether it was the Roswell craft or the, you know, Aztec or whatever other craft that they recovered. But I know by reading a report that in maybe a year or two later, a couple of years later, probably 82 or 83, that specifically mentioned that the craft has experienced some uh, major malfunctions. So that's what you meant by it was a failure, not that the like that, that there was some subterfuge involved in, in influencing the witnesses or anything, but the the actual operation to move the craft went awry. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Good. Got you. Thanks for sharing that. I'm uh, sure that'll be found to be very interesting by one of our forum participants. Randall, good good question. And you know, speaking about foreign <laughs> participants, did you ever work overseas, uh, Rick, with other counterintelligence agencies from other countries. Uh, For instance, um, um, in England, you have the Rendlesham case. Did you dovetail or did uh, AFOSI dovetail their efforts or were they called in by other countries to assist in uh, retrievals or incidences that needed some uh, real expert attention? I was stationed in Germany at Air Force OSI headquarters in Europe. During that time period, I I I, I didn't uh, my my main job wasn't to investigate UFOs. It was counterespionage. Uh, during that time period in the 80s, we were fighting the Soviets behind you know back in, in the bushes, so to speak. Right. But I did I did have occasion to work with uh, uh, the German and the and the Swiss intelligence service on a couple cases. And in Switzerland, we went down to interview Billy Meir. And uh, and with the Swiss, uh, the Swiss asked us to come in, myself and two other, uh, well, one other agent, and then and a scientist, an Air Force scientist. A, a, a Let me do the break here, guys, um, and then we'll continue more with Rick Doty and Gene and Chris and Randall. You're in the podcast. <laughs>
You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Tired of being censored by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon? Well, now you don't have to be. OneWay.com is the free speech and human-friendly social network built just for you. Stop feeding the beast. Every post you make on those evil, anti-human, anti-American perverted sites helps them destroy our families, our country, and our souls. Join OneWay today and take back your liberty. Your free speech alternative is waiting for you at OneWay.com. OneWay.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Rick Doty had started into a description here about his service, and I wanted you to continue that, Rick. We had a break from commercial. Mm. <laughs> well... <laughs> We we went to we went to Switzerland. Uh, the Swiss Intelligence Service asked us to uh, uh, look at uh, some things, some some photographs, and some some documents were that they obtained from this guy by the name of Bill Amir, a uh, farmer. And so we uh, we went there, and uh, my, the three of us, and we went down. We spoke to Swiss Intel uh, officer. He briefed us on what. Uh, they had obtained from from their sources, and then uh, we we actually went out. Now let me go back a little bit. I was a German linguist, so I could speak German. I, I went to German language school, and so I could speak German. So we went to to his house, his farm, and we spent uh, a, a one full day, uh, and then part of the next day. And he was uh, very open to us, showed us everything that he claimed. He'd take pictures up and all the different cameras he used and and so forth well when we went back to the swiss uh, intelligence office in Bern, uh we sat around a table and um 
everyone was, the Swiss asked us, what do you guys think of this? What, what do you think? And, and we, every one of us, our opinions were that it was a hoax, complete hoax. The angle, the camera angles, the, the, the way he took the picture of the, the items that he took the picture of were fabricated. So our conclusion to the Swiss intelligence, and we were doing this for the Swiss, we didn't actually do our own investigation. We were there with the Swiss. Uh, was that it, he fabricated everything and he, it was a hoax. So and, Michael and that, Horn, and take notes. In, in probably 1985, I believe, in the latter part of 85, 86, 86 was it was a hoax. And and I never heard any more thing more about it until I started reading all this open source stuff that uh, people have written about it. Well, some people today, even uh, today, think that the Billy Meyer claims are uh, real and legitimate. Uh, well, thank you for setting the record straight on that one. How about the uh, Bentwaters or Rendlesham stuff? Did did you have any involvement with that? No, I never. I, I was never involved in that at all. How about the uh, Project Serpo, uh, which many people okay, believe me, are? Let me, back, let, me, let me go back to the Bentwaters in okay. Sanford, uh, just a minute. In 1984, I was in headquarters OSI in Washington, D.C., and Colonel Law, who was in charge of counterintelligence at that time, Dirk OSI, he allowed me to read the Bentwaters OSI case file. That's the only access or any knowledge I had of the Bentwaters case. Okay. Now, and did it seem legit? Well, the, the case made the conclusion that it was an extraterrestrial crap, but, but, but that's OSI talking. It, it wasn't any kind of uh, uh, professional scientific analysis. It was just OSI, the agents investigated it, said this craft had to have been extraterrestrial. And they did their investigation. They did their radiation analysis. They took a lot of pictures. They interviewed everyone involved, and, and they came up with a with – a, um, with their final case and their opinion, and and send it on to the Secretary of the Air Force. So, so that's basically what the report said. Okay, so back to hoaxes. Then there's this Project Serpo. Here we have our one of our foreign people, Mo Deeb, and he's asking uh, what your involvement was with that, and uh, how you might explain how they say in the Mirage Man documentary that your IP address was connected to emails that were sent to Victor Martinez. Well, I'd like to, let's go to court on that. I've already tried this. I already went to court once on this with a guy who claimed that he had all this proof that I fabricated the Serpil document and others, not just the Serpil, the MJ-12 documents. And he's spreading these, these lies about me. So I hired an attorney, spent a lot of money, and then he shut up saying, well, you know what? We can't really prove it. Uh, okay. It's not really there, but but let me tell you the the Serpil story. Who do you think was, is behind it? If you if you can tell us that too, CIA, the, the Defense Intelligence Agency. If, Interesting. If you read everything, if you read this stuff, I wish I was smart enough to have written that. I mean, people make, <laughs> making making million dollars on it, writing books about it. I wish I would have written. Len Casson did not make a million dollars writing a book on Serpo. I'm sorry. Uh, I heard a quote at the UFO convention that these people made a million dollars. End of quote. So I don't know who made the million dollars. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Rick, nobody. Well, what few do. <laughs> but almost nobody who ever gets involved in UFOs or anything else makes a million dollars. A hundred thousand dollars, 
even ten thousand dollars yeah no whitley streber you know maybe uh i mean there's a number of people that have written fairly well-selling books but take it from somebody who knows uh you don't get into this particular uh, area of inquiry to uh to make a lot of money uh you do it because you have a passion for the subject and uh i i don't think len caston uh, if you asked him, uh, would say that he came out uh, very far ahead on the Serpo book. I mean, well, getting back to Serpo, I mean, is there any credible information, to your knowledge, that indicates that something like the Serpo scenario actually took place? And for our, our long-time listeners, they know what I'm talking about, but for people that don't know about Serpo, it, basically, if you remember that scene from Close Encounters, where the uh, the orange jumpsuited uh, um, Air Force personnel, or whomever from the U.S. government, are lining up and then going on to the craft and going, I guess, back to uh, the alien's home planet. Serpo takes it from there and then creates. It appears to create a whole. Um, uh, I, I consider it to be a whole uh, mythical story about what happened once they got to the alien planet and that sort of thing. But back to my question, Rick, do you think that there has ever been any sort of contact with an alien race where some sort of treaties have been made, some sort of um, understanding has been um, established where we actually have some sort of ongoing uh, dialogue with an off-planet intelligence? Yes. Yes? Do you want to elaborate? Well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me go back to Serpol a minute. Victor Martinez, I had no idea who Victor Martinez was. I met him through another guy, uh, 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 Joe Yeager, who worked, who was retired from the uh, DIA. George uh, contacted me and sent me these emails that Victor Martinez was sending out. And I got very interested in the subject. Uh, I mean, I was very fascinated by it. I'd never heard about Serpol. But what I did hear about was the alien that we captured in the deserts of New Mexico. He was a smart, he was, a, he was just a mechanic, but, but he had a high IQ and he was very intelligent, a lot more intelligent probably than any of us. But he, he, man, he managed to get a communications device out of the craft and was able to power that device using a one of their energy devices and was able to send signals out to uh, his planet. Uh, now we, he did this because we couldn't understand. We didn't know their language and we didn't have understand anything about the planet or where the planet was, but he was able to do this. Uh, and, and what he explained as I read was that they had a series of communications relay stations throughout space and from his from Earth to his planet was I, I believe nine nine light years. Uh, I, I don't quote me on that. I, I don't remember the exact distance, but I believe it was nine. But anyways, uh, and we were able to send messages that he, that he was, and they received messages. We received messages back. Let me ask you a quick question. Them. Quick question, because we're going to run out of time for the next segment, and maybe we can frame this as you continue. Is this like a subspace radio where it's instantaneous back and forth? For otherwise, it would take nine years each way. We've got Rick Doty, a cultural exchange program with E.T. You know, it almost begins to sound like something from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Is it something you should take seriously? More to come. 
with Gene, Chris, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. ID Stronghold wallets are different. They may look the same on the outside. They're stylish. They'll hold your cards and cash. But they're hiding something great on the inside. No, there are no pyrotechnics. And it doesn't sing when you open it. But it does have magical powers. ID Stronghold wallets protect your critical information and identity from thieves standing right next to you. Anyone can buy a cheap RFID scanner online and snag your information just by walking past you. Contactless credit cards, debit cards, even your work ID badge. ID Stronghold was the first to pioneer RFID blocking technology over 12 years ago. ID Stronghold's wallets, sleeves, and badge holders are trusted by the U.S. military and the executive office of the president. Something the competitors can't say. Secure your identity and save 10% by using coupon code MAGIC at checkout for a limited time at IDStronghold.com IDStronghold.com Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where my Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Rick, instantaneous communication across the stars or what? I don't know. I don't, I don't have any information. I, all I know is what I read that we had had we were able to send messages and receive messages. Now, the problem, of course, is when the alien, the ET died in 1952, we had no way of translating any of this. So back to Serpo, part of Serpo is factual. We did communicate during the time he was alive. Now, I have no knowledge. I was never briefed in any program about what happened after he died. And if we, if we we were able to communicate or whether we had some kind of method that he had given us uh, or, or maybe he taught some some uh, some of our people how to do it. I don't have any of that information, but reading circle, some of that is factual. That's why I'm saying that DIA put this out uh, for some reason. Uh, and and I don't know what the, that reason is. But but my my friends, my contacts within DIA won't acknowledge it, but they do acknowledge that an exchange program was planned. Now, according to them, and this is not something I was briefed on by the by the government. Let me let me let me preamble that. I heard this from them, from the DIA people years after I got out. They said that they had a plan based on the wishes of the, the ET that died in our captivity, that their race wanted the bodies back. So his job was to set up some kind of a contact where this alien race would come to Earth, pick up the bodies, maybe have an exchange, and then leave and go back. Now, according to my source, this actually happened, and that was the, the Socorro sighting, the Socorro incident, or the Holloman landing that occurred in 1964. Wait a minute. Those are two different, uh, two different in- incidences. Uh, which no, one's Socorro? No, not really. Not really. Not really. The Lonnie Zamora incident happened in April of 1964. And a couple days later, the Holloman incident allegedly happened. Now, I, I, again, I don't have any concrete proof that this ever happened, but from open source material and from other people telling me, that that happened during the same time frame. That what happened was the coordinates that were given to the ETs to come back were wrong. They were wrong, so they landed where they the coordinates they were given. That was in Socorro, where actually they were supposed to land down near Holloman. And that's the story. Wow, interesting. Dang. <laughs> where do you take that? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time with, with some of this, but if that's true and I need to do, uh, you know, due diligence on this and do a little bit of research uh, now and kind of confirm that, 
That would be very interesting. Uh, of course, as you know, there's been quite a bit of you know of interest in a uh, reinterest in the Socorro case. Uh, you know, having passed the uh, the 50 year anniversary and and um, some of the claims that are made to try to uh, dissuade people from thinking that it's a real case that it was a hoax by students down there. Uh, Ray Stanford, uh, who you know I feel is probably the <laughs> the most important person in ufology uh, right now. Uh, has always maintained that the case was a real case and that no terrestrial craft could actually have uh, been landing there uh, based on our level of technology at the time. There's a lot of talk about secret space programs, uh, exalted technology. You know, your 10 years uh, at uh, AFOSI, did you ever come across any indication that we have had the ability to create exotic craft that have been able to Go back to go to the moon prior to the Apollo landing, let's say, or go to Mars. Um, have uh, exotic propulsion systems that have been enable us to uh, take ET home, as uh, Ben Rich allegedly was so, supposed to have said in, in, in seriously uh, say. Um, to your knowledge, do we have anything that approaches some of the more um, sensational claims of uh, uh, insiders? No, I, I don't know of any. I was never in the R&D area, so I, I, I never heard uh, that, except for the Cashlandrum craft, which was uh, obviously had a major malfunction. Uh, I personally was never briefed in any program uh, that, that uh, showed or proved that we could reverse engineer anything that we had gotten from the ETs. Right, and that would make sense because you were in the investigative end, as you said. Not uh, you weren't, you didn't have a need to know about anything like that. Well, you know, Robert Collins, exactly. Lynn Cast, and others uh, have uh, touted Serpo as being uh, the real thing. Uh, I remember at the time, back in two thousand five, if memory serves me correct, uh, this was uh, uh, quite a sensational story. Um, how much of it, uh, again, how much of it do you think is real? And, and uh, can you assign a rough percentage of what is real and what is uh, complete disinformation and fabrication? And what would be the reason to uh, fabricate this? Well, the reason, I, I, I have no idea. But what I had been told, let me go back to my briefing back in 1978. One part of the briefing stated that the extraterrestrial the the EBA one they referred to it EBA uh, the even uh, that we uh, captured in Roswell assisted in the United States government in a communications device that would contact his planet that's that's it that's the only uh, statement that I that was in that document that pertained to that the ET you know, phone home that, device <laughs> if you take that and then look at Roswell and the people I t- talked to. Now I've talked to, and just recently in 2014, uh, I went back to Washington D.C. for a, unfortunately, a funeral of, of a colleague of mine. But one, a colonel, uh, a forward uh, uh, Air Force colonel who had had been assigned to the uh, CIA during the time period I was working for OSI. Uh, he was he was Air Force, but he was assigned to the CIA. Uh, he told me in 2014, we, we sat around a hotel room talking, drinking a beer, and there were four other, uh, there were six of us total, uh, and and everyone in the room were joking about uh, 
hoax books and 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 all these stories that are going out uh, uh, regarding UFOs, which we know that is absolutely false. People make this stuff up. They use false sources and so forth. Anyway, we're we're joking. Somebody mentioned the circle, and this colonel, who is probably eighty, probably eighty some years old, he said, "No, that really happened." And we thought initially he was joking because he was a he was a practical joker, but he said no. He said it didn't involve twelve people; it involved the three people, and it actually happened. And if you guys don't want to believe it, don't believe it. But that's what happened. So, and that's all basically all that was said about circle. And I thought, wow, you know, maybe it did happen. Maybe they, everybody got it wrong. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there. I know Linda Moulton Howell. I know some other people. Wendell Stevens was emphatic about it that it actually happened, and he had supposedly proof of it that it happened, but he never came forth with proof of that. Well, you're bringing up some interesting, uh, really tantalizing clues that perhaps uh, some of this information could have a, a, a basis in reality. We'll have the rest of Chris's question in our next segment with Randall, Gene, and Chris. You're in the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. 
to see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 to 443-443. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. In a couple of moments, we'll start hitting in the discussions about disinformation, Paul Benowitz, and some of the other issues our listeners want to know about. Chris? Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, how much of this information that uh, is out there, you know, if you could assign a rough percentage, is uh, disinformation, people's wishful thinking? I mean, I know as a counterintelligence officer, one of your jobs is to um, to ferret out uh, misinformation and disinformation. So you're a perfect person to ask, what percentage of the stuff that's being bannered around the internet, for instance, the, the David Wilcock, Corey Good, uh, avian, bluebird aliens, Charles White and the tall white aliens outside of Area 51, and Billy Meyer and Semyasi. How much of this stuff is real, and how much of it is pure confabulation for whatever reason? What's your estimation on that? What I've read and what I see on the internet or, or, or books that I've read, and I I'm in my office here, and I'm looking over, and I have a whole wall full of books I've read in, from late 80s on. I'd say probably 20% is accurate, and the rest of it is baloney. There's stuff about Roswell that, that absolutely is so far-fetched lies that it makes people that were, that were briefed into the program up sick to your stomach. And there's a lot yeah. of this stuff that people are writ, writ, written out there that are baloney. Now, there's some people that have written real books. I mean, there's one guy, I, I can't stand the person, Robert Hastings. I mean, he's, a, he's one of the most obnoxious, uh, and he said a lot of bad things about me. But he wrote a good book about uh, missile sites and, and the UFOs. Yeah, and UFOs and nukes. Absolutely accurate. Yes, yeah. that book is, I mean, I don't like the guy. 
But he wrote a good book. That that book is, yeah. and there's a well, lot of people within the, the intelligence community that says the same thing. That that's very accurate. Quickly, Rick, before we move on, what is your beef with Hastings? What doesn't he like about you? He just thinks I'm a disinformation person, and that uh, I made a, made up the MJ12 documents, which. Uh, I went through two investigations, two FBI investigations that proved that I didn't. I took polygraphs that proved I didn't. He one time sent me an email saying he had been an OSI agent, which he lied about. He was never an OSI agent. He was never in the military. And then he he just blasted me on the internet saying uh, ridiculous and stupid things that uh, it doesn't upset me anymore. I mean, I just consider the source. But, you know, he wrote one good book. And I, I admit, I admire it. I mean, I do. I read the book. I read the book from cover to cover, and it was a very, very good book. Okay, the disinformation thing is a very big issue, and you've been accused of engaging in disinformation. So MJ-12, is that real, or did someone do it, and who do you think did it? I have no idea. Uh, the I didn't uh, know about that MJ-12 document. Now, let me go back to the briefing in 1978. The, the briefing in 1978 encompassed the uh, Eisenhower briefing document. It was there, it was briefed, and it, and it named it, uh, and they mentioned that Eisenhower had been briefed, or Truman was briefed, Eisenhower was briefed, Kennedy was briefed, uh, the presidents are always briefed, Reagan was briefed. But the actual document that was released to uh, Jamie Shandera, Bill Moore, I obtained a copy from Jamie Shandera. He sent me a copy. Well, let me go back. I met with Jamie, and Jamie told me about the, the MJ-12 document. We were, I was meeting with him on something entirely different, but he told me about it. And then I, when I got uh, back to uh, my office in Albuquerque, he sent me one, and I opened it up, and I looked at it, and I thought, wow, this is – most of it is what I remember, but there was a lot of differences. And so, you know, I inquired to Jamie, where would you get this from? Bill gave it to him. Bill got it from – contact in Washington, D.C. And well, we knew, I knew who Bill's contact was in Washington, D.C. I knew, I knew, I knew the guy. I, Bill never knew I knew it, but I knew who he was. And so at one point later on, I asked this person if, if he had sent anything to Bill Moore and he denied it. So I don't know where it ever came from. It's based on real, real information, but it was, was retyped or recreated by somebody else. And I don't know who did that. Now, in 1987, the Air Force accused me of, of creating this document. So the, F, the FBI investigated it. Uh, I passed a polygraph and they, they said, well, OK, you, you didn't do it. But, but the agent that was investigating this was convinced that the Air Force did it or the government, maybe CIA, somebody else did it. And they wanted to get the information out. And that's why they, they, they did it. Why pick you? Why select you as a possible suspect? Because of my contacts with Jamie Shandir and Bill Moore. Okay. Let me dovetail that to this other case, and that is, of course, Paul Benowitz. What was your involvement in that? Paul Benowitz owned a business outside Cortland Air Force Base, Thunder Scientific Laboratories. Paul Benowitz had, had a, a contract, a government contract, to make certain uh, a certain uh, humidity monitor for submarines, for, for nuclear submarines. So he had, a, he had a, a Department of Defense Security Clearance. Paul Benowitz also lived right outside the gate, or right outside the fence line to Manzano 
a weapon storage area where they stored the nuclear weapons. And Paul Benowitz came to the base and reported it to the chief of, of, of the base security uh, that he was he had filmed some strange objects flying around Manzano Air Base, uh, a Manzano storage site. Well, they used to call it Air Base, but it's it, storage site. And that he also had, he, he was uh, picking up strange communications from the base. So uh, he reported this to Major Ernie Edwards, who was the chief of uh, the 1608th Security Police Squadron at Kirtland. Well, Major Edwards immediately reported that to me. I mean, actually, within an hour after he, uh, the Benowitz contacted him, he reported to me, and we started an investigation. And that's how I became involved in it. Okay, so there is the accusation here that they were doing some screwing around with his mind that eventually made him go crazy. What's all that about? That's, that's a bunch of crap. What happened was what Paul, what Paul, and this isn't classified, used to be classified, it isn't in the classroom anymore. What Paul was doing was obtaining some signals from a, a NSA uh, site on the base. And the NSA site, um, on the base at one time, highly classified, but now it's not, um, was sending, was, was bouncing signals off Soviet satellites as it was passing over. And Paul was actually, was able from his house because of, he was a, a scientist, he was a physicist. He made a device that was tapped into that. So when we found out about it, now NSA, this is a confrontation I talked about earlier. NSA started their own investigation because just you just imagine how many uh, heads turned in, in Washington when, when we found out a, a civilian could tap into an NSA communications device. Anyways, what the what the, the plan was, and this was created by OSI, not me, not Rick Doty, but OSI formulated a plan and said, Rick Doty, implement this plan. And this plan was for me to convince Paul that what he was actually obtaining in communications was extraterrestrial. Now, when I first first visited Paul Benowitz and interviewed him after he reported the, the, this to uh, Major Edwards, I went out there with uh, another agent, Steve Adset, and we sat down and talked to him, just obtained basic information from him. And he kept saying to us, I have a lot more to tell you. I have a lot more to tell you. And I said, you know what, Mr. Benowin? We just want to know. We just want to know what uh, what you are doing as far as the photographs you've taken of, out, of, out of the base and what kind of communications that you receive. Let's do our break and here. Said, we'll continue with the story of Paul Benowitz and his interaction with Rick Doty. On the other side, Gene Chris. And Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com.
Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, with bated breath, we continue with Rick Doty talking about his interactions with Paul Benowitz. Go on, please. During that first meeting we had with Paul, Paul kept telling us that he had more information, more information. So I, I agreed to go out to his house and look at whatever he had. So a couple nights later, I went out with a, uh, a person who had scientific knowledge and also was a former Blue Book investigator. His name was Jerry Millen. We went out to the, his house. We actually had a, a dinner with him. And then he started showing us all this equipment that he had. He went into his, his office upstairs and he had a computer monitor. And uh, he, he said, I can pick up extraterrestrial communications on this computer monitor. And everything that I'm doing out here is, is I think, involves uh, ETs. So I said, wow, you know, that's, that's amazing. So we, he, he allowed us to take some pictures and get some other information from him. And I went back and I presented that to, to my supervisor, wrote a report, sent it to my supervisors. And they come back with a plan saying, listen, since he's already believing this is UFOs uh, related, just convince him that it is. And that what he's seeing isn't something that, that, the, that the base is generating out there is, is something, it's, it's extraterrestrial. So when I went back to him again, I told Paul, I said, you know what, Paul, maybe you really have connected with extraterrestrials. He was thoroughly convinced that he, he was. So I didn't have to do anything uh, to convince him. I just had to agree that he was communicating, communicating with ETs. You were leading him on then. Basically, Rick, you were leading him on. Yeah, I was, I was leading my, I wasn't denying it. I wasn't telling him it wasn't, but I, I would sit there and a lot of this has been recorded. So I know what I did and I can prove later. I mean, OSI knows what I did and I would just listen to him. I would sit there and just listen to him. He would talk literally for hours. You, you wouldn't have to say a word. He would, he would, he would go into this dissertation about what he did and what he's doing and where these aliens are from and what he's contact, what he's collected over, over the, I think it was like 11 months or something that he had, uh, uh, he had been doing this. So I said, wow, this is, this is fascinating. Well, in the meantime, I would go to the base. I would do a report after making contact with him and I would then brief my boss. And then I would have a meeting with the NSA security people and I would brief them because what they're, they're involved in this obviously because of the, their communications device, but they never once told me they were conducting their own investigation. Lo and behold, one night, rainy night in Albuquerque, uh, I was uh, at Paul's house with uh, Jerry Miller and, and, and Paul was going to actually do a contact and actually communicate with the aliens. And we were there to do, see this. Well, I looked across out his window, off his office window, and I see this house across, there's a house right across the street, big house. And, and there's, uh, I see lights moving in this 
in this window. And I'm, I'm just staring over at it. And I asked Paul, I said, who is over there, Paul? He said, oh, that's a vacant house. And I said, that's vacant. I can see red lights. I see lights going on. Somebody, maybe somebody broke into it. So myself and, and, and Jerry Miller went down and I walked around, kind of snoop around the house. It was pouring rain. And I thought, there's two cars parked behind the house. So I got the license plates off the house. I called to, I called into Albuquerque Police Department and I asked for a registration check on the plates. And they told me it belonged to a rental company out of Colorado Springs. And that, that really perked my curiosity. And I said, wow. So I then called a friend, a detective of Albuquerque Police Department that I worked with. And uh, he came over. Uh, and um, we confronted the, the two men coming out of the, of, the, of the house and because we thought they would broken in, but lo and behold, they produced NSA credentials. And I said, what are you guys doing here? He said, none of your business what we're doing here. We're, we're government agents and we're, and I said, well, are you, are you buying on Paul Benowitz across the street? And he, they wouldn't say anything. Well, you know, APD said, well, uh, did you guys get permission to be in this house? Yes, we did. We rented it. And they did. They had a rental agreement, so they rented the house. So there wasn't any crime committed. So when I went out to the base a couple of days later and I talked to one of the chief of security out there for NSA, I don't remember his first name was because they changed often, but his, name, his last name was uh, Chandler. And I said, what the heck is going on out here? You guys have an investigation on Paul Benowitz? He said, I don't know anything about it. I said, you guys are interfering with our investigation and you're going to put a stop to this. So I'm going to go up down, down and and, and, and talk to the U.S. Attorney's Office about this. And this is a, this is crap. And so so then he said, well, let, let me get let me get some, you know, get you cleared to 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 get briefed into it. And no, I, I it took about three weeks, and finally I was briefed in that they were in conducting an investigation. Well, the problem is we were we were considered federal agents. We had we were we we could do these things. NSA didn't have a federal mandate to investigate. Uh, anybody inside the United States. It's like the CIA can't do that. But we found out later that these two guys were actually on loan to NSA from the FBI. So that's the confrontation. It gets even more complicated. Well, you know, there have been allegations, uh, Rick, that uh, that Benowitz was literally driven crazy with, uh, you know, weird uh, uh, things like uh, rearranging his furniture, switching uh, items in his kitchen from one cabinet to the other. Were you involved in anything like that? Uh, Administering drugs, uh, for instance. uh, No. uh, Do you think the NSA was involved in in doing, doing things like that? No. I can't speak for NSA. You might, you, you'd have to find somebody in NSA to, to, to ask those questions. But OSI had absolutely nothing to do with the furniture. I know about the furniture incident. Paul called me. Uh, it was on a Sunday. Uh, and he, he called me uh, on my phone and he said, Rick, I need you to come out to my house right away. I said, what's going on? He said, I just need you to come. So I go out there and I, I said, yeah, what's wrong, Paul? And he said, look, look at my furniture. And what somebody had done was moved his all his dining room furniture into the den and moving all the den furniture into the dining room. And, and Paul says, who did this? I said, Paul, I didn't do this. I don't, I don't know who did this. His wife was all upset because she thought somebody broke into the house and did this. 
And I said, Paul, I have no idea. I didn't do that. And then, of course, Paul was convinced the aliens did this. Well, I didn't do it. NSA would have had to done it. Uh, I never did any kind of break into his residence. I, I was always accu- I was accused of that. His son accused me of that. His son accused me of of changing the furniture around. Paul had a cabinet uh, in the kitchen that he had all his liquors in, and Paul was a drinker. And somebody had taken those uh, those the liquor out and moved it into another cabinet above the refrigerator. I didn't do that. I didn't even know he had a cabinet with with the liquor in it. So. I think his wife was trying to get him to stop drinking and moved it personally, but I don't know. I mean, I can't say that's an interesting way to uh, try to get your husband to start, you know, slow down drinking. Uh, you know, let me ask you a question quickly, which occurs to me now. The book from Greg Bishop, Project Beta, does that accurately reflect this story or has she got these things wrong? I had a conversation with, with him, uh, with Bishop about this, uh, and uh, he was right. He was going to write a book. He'd sent me uh, part of a manuscript. He didn't. He didn't, didn't send me the whole thing. It was like half a manuscript, or and then there were notes. Uh, and I and I, I went through it and I crossed out and redlined it and I sent it back to him. And then he published a book without ever change. Well, I didn't change it a whole lot, but um, he had some of this right, but he doesn't have all of it right. Uh, the the incident that uh, uh, I, one of the things I did, I became friends with Paul. Paul invited my wife and myself over to the house for dinner. We went out to dinner. When this was all over with, I sat down with Paul and told him the truth. I told him the truth. And this was four years, three years later, four, four years later. And Paul didn't believe me. He wouldn't believe me. He said, Rick, you don't have to tell me this. I know what's the truth. I know what I did was truth. I said, Paul, no. No, no. You tapped into some kind of classified device out of the, the base, and we were just trying to convince you that it was alien, but it extra. But he would never believe me. Up to his dying days, he he was thoroughly convinced that what he did was in fact uh, true. We got more to come with Rick Doty, the Paul Benowitz case, and a lot more with Gene, Chris, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Rick Doty, so till his dying day, he didn't believe you at all. Looking at the Benowitz case from the perspective of the 21st century, is there anything we ought to learn from this episode it might have been handled better because it doesn't sound like it was handled all that well. Well, it was it was handled as far as the government went. Uh, he he never published anything. He didn't go to the press and say, "Hey, uh, you know, I I tapped into a classified NSA communications device out of Kirtland. Uh, we kept it under cover, and uh, he did uh, your job. I mean, we did your job. The thing it didn't it didn't come out, but what did come out, Rick? Uh, as a result of his deflection of his interest up to Dulce, uh, including the infamous helicopter flight with Captain Edwards, uh, where supposedly there was actually a, a, a flyby. Why was he uh, flown up there? Why was he told things about Dulce and Archuleta Mesa that he became totally not only fascinated by, but obsessed with? Uh, my my uh, good friend and fellow researcher, Ron Regeer, has uh, quite a number of letters, handwritten letters from Benowitz that was all predicated on his attention being diverted from Kirtland up to the Dulce area, where he then started, I guess, obsessing with the whole idea of an alien base underneath there, crashed uh, craft on the top of the Mesa, uh, which has now spawned almost a uh, cottage industry of Dulce base whistleblowers and confabulators, as far as I'm concerned, uh, about that particular uh, part of, of New Mexico. What was the thinking, and who was behind uh, the diversion of his attention up to Dulce? Well, Paul, he was a pilot, and Paul flew his uh, private plane and observed, to observe and photograph Archuleta Mesa. But Fly you guys took him up there did. first. The Air Force took him there first. He would not have gone up there on his own unless you guys had, had diverted his attention there. No, that's not true. Absolutely not true. That's absolutely wrong. I would know. And he he told us a number of times. In fact, the first briefing, we, or first time we met him at his house, he showed us pictures. He had on his wall above his computer of these pictures. And, and Jerry Miller asked him, where, where are those? Where'd you take those? And Paul said, I'm a pilot. I took those up to Archimel Mesa. 
that's where the UFO base is at. And I, I looked at him like, you know, I, I didn't know where Archuleta Mesa was at that time. I said, what are you talking about, Paul? And he told us and he showed us on the map. Okay. And then we didn't, didn't ask him anything about that until sometime later when he brought it up again to us that he had recently went up there with this other person. He met a state police officer up there uh, and the state police officer showed him things. Yeah, Gabe Valdez. Now, Gabe, Gabe Valdez. I know Gabe and I, I, I talked to Gabe and, and a number of times. He's deceased now, but before he died. So you're and saying so, that Benowitz, Benowitz's interest in Archuleta Mesa had nothing to do with your particular involvement with him, that this was all done on his end, and then he brought you into this based on his uh, theories about the, uh, about the area. Yes. Let me ask yes. you this. He, um, he, well, let, me, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain okay, okay. what we did. Right. We did go up there. I went up there with him, me and another one of our pilots. We had a we had a Air Force OSI agent that was a pilot, and we flew up there. And we landed at an airstrip, uh, and we got a vehicle and drove over, and we drove around it. And Paul then told us that we need to be up here at night. So I said, "Listen, this is us. Just stay up here and see if we fight to see anything." So we did. We stayed up there and we did. We saw helicopters come in. We see all this activity on the top of Archuleta Mesa, which which made me think, what the heck's going on here? So the next day when we went back, I started checking into it. I thought, what the heck could be? There's military helicopters flying all over there. So I made a lot of inquiries. It took me some time to figure out. But I finally contacted Fort Carson, Colorado, and asked them if they had a training facility in New Mexico. And the, the person that I spoke to was one of the um, operations officers for a, uh, a flight unit up there. And he said, well, I can't really discuss this on phone. So anyways, I went up there. I went to temporary duty up to Fort Carson. I had to submit a, a, a security clearance request and through the army. Anyways, I went up there and they sat down and showed me what they had. And they had a training facility at Bullsey up there on Echelona Mesa. They've had that for a number of years, and they trained special forces there. And what what we saw and what Paul saw is in the ground, they had these spotlights built under underground that was, would shine up. And it would be for the aircrafts to uh, navigate to a, a point, or they, they call it point navigation. And we saw those lights, and it, ma- it made me think that they were something extraterrestrial, too. Then we figured it out. And the fact that every one of those helicopters up there were black helicopters. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. I've been saying that that's a training ground up there for quite a while. It just makes the most sense. And so that's pretty much a confirmation of the whole thing, if it's true. Let me ask you this question, too. Like When Paul was going to introduce you to some of the evidence, some of the recordings, some of the actual communications. Did you ever get to hear any of the communications or see the actual transmitter on the base? Yes. Okay, so you actually know for sure that he was picking up this base transmitter and that it was just a mistake and that he wasn't actually picking up anything extraterrestrial then. Well, it was a lot more complicated than that, and I'm not a technical person, but I was sat through a briefing on it at NSA and explained exactly how they were doing this and uh, how they were uh, sending signals up and, and what the signals were and what wavelength and all that. 
Were these digital burst transmissions, early digital burst uh, type transmissions? Yeah, they were. They had two different ways of doing it. They had one with a laser. They would shoot. They would. They would. They would call that. That they would blind blind shoot. They would shoot a laser up at the Soviet. They'd know exactly when the Soviet satellite would be at a certain point in in the in the sky, and when that satellite got to the certain point. Turn the volume down. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sorry. they would shoot a laser up and it would blind, temporarily blind the, the, the camera. And then they would shoot a, a pulse segment, that you said burst, burst pulse up and to hit something, an antenna or whatever, and it would bring the, that same signal back down to the ground and then NSA could then decode it or however, whatever they did later with it. And that, that's what it was explained to me. Okay. But you never actually heard that on Benowitz's system. It's just oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Many, many, many times. Okay. What yeah, did he, it had, sa- he had quite a number of recordings. What did it sound like to yeah. you? Could you make out anything well, specific? It, yeah. I mean, it it's, th- depends on what how you interpret it. You know, it's it, like everybody, you, you could hear it, and I would hear it, and somebody else would hear it. And you'd say, well, that sounds like somebody trying to talk. I'd say yeah, it's just sound like garbling, uh, uh, intermittent garbling, and somebody might say, "No, oh, it sounds just like a, 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 a signal, some kind of signal." So it, it, I I I heard it. Uh, Jerry Miller heard it. We recorded it. In fact, he had this uh, reel-to-reel tape recorder, this old uh, Sony or whatever it was. And he would record everything on that, and he would give us the discs, and we would go back. And we would, you know, listen to it. Then we'd send it up to our headquarters. I'm sure it went over to NSA after that. But you could listen to it and you could hear things. Um, it never actually sounded like language to me. But Paul actually, over the period of time, had written down what he thought the language would be or, or what they were trying to say to him. So was okay. that audio paradelia? <laughs> yeah, sounds like yes, it. You're right. <laughs> Well, okay. A quick uh, change change of uh, subject here. Um, you've mentioned Colorado on three occasions here. I, I don't know how much you know about my work, but um, I spent quite a number of years, uh, ten years, uh, solid years, investigating the area north of Taos, up into southern Colorado in the San Luis Valley. Is that area uh, has has that area figured uh, in any sort of uh, aspect of your work? Have you done any? sort of work up into the San Luis Valley area. Let's have that answer in our next segment with Gene, Chris, and Randall and Rick Doty. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Rick Doty, Chris's question about the Mysterious Valley. Any response? Uh, San Luis Valley, yeah. Very, very interesting. I have a, I have a, a number of stories to tell about that place. But I, I did one investigation up there. Uh, it was a, uh, a Colorado National Guard helicopter. They were flying a mission on a, on a, on a weekend uh, in that area uh, from 
one place to another. I can't remember the exact uh, locations, but but um, and it was in the summer of I believe of '82 or '83. But uh, it was a uh, Huey uh, UH-1N uh, National Guard helicopter and two pilots uh, in it, a pilot and co-pilot, and they were flying and they encountered a crash something, and the, the the co-pilot took a picture of it. He had a camera with him, and he always took this camera. Every time he flew, and he would just take pictures of the ground and or the helicopter or or, or whatever. And uh, he actually had a camera. It was a it was a Canon A one, a pretty good camera back then. And he took a number of pictures of this of this craft. In fact, the craft flew above the helicopter, which forced uh, you know anything about flight. It, it, the helicopter has to have lift, and it flew, um, it, it causing the helicopter. To, to go downwards, not crash or anything, but but the pilot had to make uh, evasive maneuver and and actually landed it landed on the ground. I believe it was near Buena Vista. Uh, yeah, think of, now I think of it. Anyways, uh, and so they were all startled by it. Well, then they reported it to. They took back off, flew to their base, uh, reported it to their people. Eventually, they got back to us. I went up there. I interviewed uh, both pilot both. Uh, both pilots were uh, both helicopter pilots were commercial pilots. You know, they're weekend warriors, but and they they never seen anything flying uh, before like that. Never encountered anything. But the pictures that they had that I sent to headquarters were of a of a, a saucer shaped object. And he said this thing followed them around. They couldn't they couldn't they tried to evade it and it would be behind them. It would be above them. It'd be below them. And he said, eventually it went off towards um, uh, to Sawatch, Sawatch, a place called Sawatch. And he was convinced that it landed in Sawatch. Now, if you're aware of where Sawatch is in Colorado, um, we went over there. We snooped around there. We went up the pass. Uh, I think it was Buffalo Pass and looked all no. around. We didn't see anything. Cochito. But Cochito Pass. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Anyways. That's the only uh, case I ever handled in Colorado uh, involving this, and uh, we had no answer for it. I don't know what it was. It was, it was I mean, these pictures were very, very, very clear pictures. Uh, unfortunately, we he asked us to give him copies. I promised him, but I never did because OSI said no. He ain't getting these back. So <laughs> that's the only case. Sounds sounds typical. What about the cattle mutilation uh, scenario and that mystery? Have you ever been involved in any way, shape, or form in investigating that particular uh, uh, mystery? Or have you heard of anything relating to official interest in that subject? I know that there was two OSI agents assigned to Los Alamos Laboratories. Uh, and they conducted investigations up there, uh, mostly suitability and espionage and things like that. But but they were they had been briefed into the program. I had a training session up at Los Alamos once with both of these agents. We were in the same room. There's probably ten agents. And it was nothing it had nothing to do with the UFOs. And and when we uh had a break, uh I I mentioned to one of them, or they met, actually one of them mentioned to me, I understand you know Linda Howell. And I said, Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know Linda. And they kind of laughed, looked at each other and laughed. 
And I said, why? You know, you know, he said, oh, we know all about that cattle mutilations. And that was the only thing. And, and I, I took it that they knew a lot about it, but I don't know what they meant by that. And I never had an opportunity to question about it again. I, but me personally, I never had any cases involving cattle mutilations. Uh, or I, I listened to uh, Gay Valdez talk about him. And, and show, and he had a scrapbook or a, a, a photo album of a, of what he'd taken. But other than that, I, I never had anything to do with them. We've got a couple more uh, questions from our forum participants, if that's okay. We've got one from Gestron. This is just shifting gears a little bit. Gestron asks, is it true that you acted as a consultant on the X-Files? Uh, not directly, no. I wrote some, I'm not a professional scriptwriter, but I wrote some stories for the X-Files and somebody took him and gave him to Chris Carter. So I didn't directly work for the X-Files, but they used some of the things I wrote. Uh, like what? Uh, MJ-12 stuff. Oh, okay. Cool. Were you paid for them? This guy paid me, yes. He was an independent writer. He, he, wrote, he wrote or he provided uh, information for a number of movie scripts and uh and, and and tv programs uh he did some things for the history channel so so he, i think he did he worked for he was a broker of, of, of the information again i'm not quite sure how but he yeah he paid me for it how come you haven't written a book rick i i you i mean you are an amazing wealth of information and your work history would uh would suggest that a, a book about your time in, in uh, OSI would, would make a, a, a really amazing book and possibly even a great screenplay. Have you ever considered that? I've written screenplays, but I, I, I'm, in fact, I've written one uh, just recently. I can't talk about it. Uh, and I've, uh, I, I've, I've written uh, with another person uh, some science fiction book. I did a, a I wrote a book, a, a manuscript or a book um, in 2010. Uh, it took me about three years to write it. I had a couple of people help me. And it was a tell-all type of, of book. And I had to submit it to the Air Force for approval. And um, I submitted it and I, I didn't hear anything. Uh, I kept calling and the Air Force finally sent me a letter which I think Art Bell had, had put put up on uh, Coast to Coast site, uh, which said that you uh, that we uh, had to um, censor your manuscript and they would send it back to me. When I got it back, I, out of uh, three hundred and I think it was three hundred and forty seven pages, there were eleven pages that weren't heavily redacted. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is worse yeah. than the Democratic memo. <laughs> from the uh, about the FISA warrants you know it's like all all blacked out you know I want to talk about more of this and Chris and I and and Randall I'm going to ask you an interesting question because we only have two segments left it's really moved that fast and Rick if you're up to it I'd like to get you back on here maybe you can tell us more of the stories that you have to convey so here's the question and this will be something that we'll leave for the cliffhanger. Some people say you are a person or individual known as Falcon. What's the real story? More to come with Gene, Chris, and Randall. You're in. Very
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Tired of being censored by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon? Well, now you don't have to be. OneWay.com is the free speech and human-friendly social network built just for you. Stop feeding the beast. Every post you make on those evil, anti-human, anti-American perverted sites helps them destroy our families, our country, and our souls. Join One Way today and take back your liberty. Your free speech alternative is waiting for you at OneWay.com. OneWay.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. 
Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast Okay, I asked the question, the cliffhanger. Who or what is Falcon, and why have you sometimes been identified as that individual? Well, first of all, I'm not Falcon. I wasn't involved in naming the aviary. I had nothing to do with the fact the aviary was out months before I ever knew who was supposed to be who. But the actual Falcon, the person that was referred by Bill Moore as Falcon and named actually by Bill Moore and somebody that Bill Moore knew, and somebody that I knew very, very, very well because my dad knew him, was Richard Helms, the former director of Central Intelligence. Richard Helms was the Falcon, so to speak, that they codenamed, not me. Uh, I wish I'd been, but but no, it wasn't me. Absolutely not. People uh, accused me of it. I mean, I, I think there's like two chapters in somebody's a fantasy UFO book about me being Falcon and all, tracing me from point A to point B and all that stuff, which is absolutely baloney. There was also a reference in one manuscript I have, I haven't finished it yet, where they're talking about the aviary and people involved in it, and they even mentioned Bill Moore, as somehow being involved in some kind of operation to handle the Soviets and the Soviet threat during the Cold War. What's that all about? Yes. That's true. One of the first contacts I had with Bill Moore uh, involved a counterespionage operation. Bill Moore had a pen pal in the Soviet Union who was a scientist. Uh, Bill Moore would write his pen pal uh, letters once a month or every six weeks or eight weeks, back and forth. Bill could speak and write some, some Russian. He's actually pretty good at it. And we got wind of it. We knew we, the intelligence community, knew Bill Moore had this contact. Now, I'm not going to go into details of how we knew, but, you know, you put two and two together, you figure it out. But anyways, we knew, and then I approached Bill and asked him about it and asked him if he would be cooperating with us about what he sent to this person and what he received back from him. And Bill said yes, and, and that's how Bill became involved in a counterespionage operation. Interesting. Ooh. Well, this Falcon was also mentioned in the Benowitz case, as well, though. So, I mean, I mean, what connection is there well, there? Now, is that talking, you're assuming that these people are writing factual things about? Well, the Falcon was mentioned in the Benowitz. You got to go back to the person who wrote this and consider what kind of information they got, which was absolutely baloney. Uh, I, Richard Helms was never involved in the Benowitz case. I can guarantee you that. There was also someone else suggested to have been Falcon, and by the name of Harry Rosicki. Do you know anything about that? I knew of him. Uh, I met him one time, but but he wasn't the Falcon that with, that I knew of and, and Bill Moore knew of. There could have I been think, two people, different people with the same code name, so to speak. Well, <laughs> or what, uh, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. But I, I, uh, I, I, I know I know the real Falcon and I know Harry and 
and he he knew a lot about uh, what the CIA knew about and the DIA knew about UFOs, uh, but he was never in the, the circle that I kept. We've got another question here from our uh, forum people. What's your take on the To the Stars Academy venture with DeLong and the role of Elizondo and Mellon, who were once part of the DOD? Any insight there that you might, uh, any you know, just intuition or what do you think of that whole thing? I mean, they're into the entertainment thing. Maybe they'd be interested in uh, some of the stories you've got to tell. I've had contact with them. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with their um, um, with their plan, and uh, I think that uh, they're not telling the the, the truth. Uh, DoD is intimately involved in the investigation of UFOs. Still have been. They're releasing a a a a fragment of information about a program that the Air Force had for a few years, uh, which uh, really is just the tip of the iceberg of what they're still doing. So uh, if they don't want to come forth and break and release everything, I think they're doing it piecemeal in order to get people to invest into something rather than just coming out and saying, hey, you know, this is what we did. This is what we're doing. This is what DOD is doing. Uh, and, And they're not doing that. Yeah, that's what it seems like, that's for sure. Uh, although some people might say, well, they have to do it piecemeal because that's how they're getting it from their sources. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the quality of the uh, of the actual visual data that's being released is uh, <laughs> 70s uh, you know, era quality. Um, this is all being, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, but this is all being carefully orchestrated with the full... Uh, cooperation uh, behind the scenes of uh, the Department of Defense or DIA or somebody is is manipulating this whole thing from behind the scenes. Would would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. In fact, if you're looking, at, listen to the, one of the uh, interviews. Uh, of, of, I can't remember which one it was the interview, but anyways, he mentioned something about well, the public information officer said, "Why would he mention that?" <laughs> Why would he mention a public information officer? <laughs> no, you're talking about one of the pilots, or yeah, yeah, one of the pilots. They interviewed said something about. So, did they have to clear it through there, or you know that that just kind of threw it off for me? Well, I mean, their statements seemed uh, to to have been memorized and and I think uh, scripted. I mean, I, I saw I didn't even see all of them, but uh, the every one that I saw, I mean, we we get the exact same languaging. Um, the same inflection even on on certain uh, parts of the responses to questions and that sort of thing. Uh, this seems highly orchestrated to me. And as someone that has uh, had, a you know, an expertise in disinformation and in uh, these types of uh, programs, uh, what is your take? Uh, who is behind, uh, truly behind, uh, you know, who's the puppet master behind this particular scenario? And do you think that it is... Uh, uh, Hal Putoff and, and Chris Mellon and these people, do you think that they've been put up for this? Uh, do you think that Tom DeLong is just a convenient uh, figurehead, sort of uh, wet-behind-the-ears kid that's been selected to be the uh, front person for this? I mean, what's your take on it? Let's uh, get a little uh, sort of an intel insider uh, view on this. Um, 
you know, I, it's it's hard to say. I, I think the government is the government wants this out, but they don't know how to do it. Uh, it's a it's a fiasco, so to speak. If they would have, if you if you think back to the the 50s when the Air Force, uh, the government knew all knew exactly what they did and what what they had. If they would have just uh, came out then, we wouldn't be in this situation today. So, uh, you know, I I think it's a calamity of errors. Uh, and, and I think, I don't think there's any one person. I think there's maybe a group of people that's trying to get it out, but they really don't know how to. And that's, that's my take on it. Now then there was, a, a an aside to the Benowitz case. Like when, uh, it's often said that we, you know, there was a bunch of harm done with the Benowitz case, but in another interview, you kind of alluded to some other operations where actually, you know, Benowitz was pretty mild and there was other cases where that were far more serious, but you weren't able to tell us much about those. Um, do you think you could elaborate a little bit on other cases you might know about where things uh, that were more serious happened in relation to investigating unidentified flying objects? Well, there was one in Utah. Um, there was an incident that happened in uh, Utah in the 80s. I don't remember the date, uh, year, early 80s, maybe. Anyways, OSI in uh, Hill Air Force Base had received a letter from a man who lived outside uh, Dugway Proving Grounds in a trailer. We're coming up on the final segment of the Paracast this week with Rick Doty. There's a lot to talk about, and as you probably can tell already, there are subjects we may only be able to cover in passing. And what that means is we hope that Rick will see clear to return to the Paracast in the very near future that we're just not going to get to. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. 
I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. I'm Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Every baby deserves the best possible start, but not all babies get one. March of Dimes is changing that. You can help us lead the fight for the health of all moms and babies. Join me and Macy's to March for Babies. Let's raise funds and be champions for families near and far. Together, we are building a brighter future. Sign up for Macy's team today at marchforbabies.org. Bitcoin is losing crypto market share to other digital currencies. Bitcoin's astronomical rise has led to the creation of numerous competitors like Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, which have also seen massive gains in value. According to Quartz, Bitcoin made up 85% of the crypto market one year ago, and today it has fallen to 36%. Remember, the only way to win in the casino is to take chips off the table. Call Miles Franklin at 866-485-4346 and let us show you how to quickly turn your Bitcoin into the 5,000-year-old safety of precious metals. Miles Franklin can quickly convert your Bitcoin to precious metals with one phone call at 866-485-4346. That's Miles Franklin celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Fast, easy, safe, and convert your Bitcoin into gold with one phone call. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Final segment with Rick Doty. Let's finish the story and go on. Rick? Okay. uh, OSI and Hitler Force Base received a letter from a man who identified himself as a retired photographer from Dugway Proving Grounds. He lived at a, a trailer some distance from Dugway, and he claimed to have contact with extraterrestrials. He took pictures of him and so forth and so on. So the OSI up there contacted me. I went up there. We went out to talk to the man. The man was dying of cancer. He had been a, a civilian photographer at Dugway Proving Grounds for well, 25 or some years, and he was, he was he was retired. He'd been retired for a number of years, but he was a professional photographer, did, did great photography. He claimed that, that aliens would, in spacecrafts would land behind his residence in the middle of the desert, behind his uh, trailer. And he took all these pictures, he made contact with him, he became friends with him. And so we looked at all the photographs, and <laughs> lo and behold, I, he couldn't have made this up. He couldn't have photoshopped it because it didn't Photoshop back then. But everything he showed us was looked to be legitimate. What's the time frame on this? 
in the 80s, uh, 81, 82, maybe 83, some, sometime in that time frame. So we, uh, we got very interested in it, but, but I only visited him twice, and then they, they turned that over to another team of uh, OSI agents who came in from headquarters. And so I'm not really sure what all developed after that, but he had some sensational photographs of, he, of, of extraterrestrials. These creatures were kind of hideous looking. And the crafts, the, he had pictures taken inside the craft. Um, he had, uh, they'd given him some uh, gifts and he had these gifts and, uh, and he was going to die. He, he had uh, terminal lung cancer. He smoked, even, even when we were there, he was smoking uh, uh, continuously. But he, he gave us everything, including these gifts. And uh, then they all went to headquarters somewhere and they're, they're stuck there now, probably five, four or five or six months, I guess, after I had left and uh, he, had, he had died. Could you describe what the uh, beings look like? They were tall. They were probably six foot tall. They had uh, long arms, thin, thin bodies. Uh, they had uh, a suits. They had suits on, and they had to, according to him, occasionally breathe. Uh, they had some kind of a respirator or something, and they would have occasionally breathe something, uh, gas or more oxygen or something. They had a, a face similar to probably the most hideous uh, alien you could pick up on the Internet. It, it, it probably, I tell you what, if you have a copy of UFO Aliens magazine, I think it's the ultimate guide. Uh, there's a picture inside of, of, a, of an extraterrestrial, and, and that's kind of what he, it looked like. It was kind of hideous looking. It would, it, would, it would be very scary for somebody. I mean, it probably would be very intimidating to uh, uh, somebody who'd never seen one to sit in front of him and talk to one. But apparently, according to him, they spoke English. Communicated in English. Like, so what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> wow, interesting. Exactly. What about the the gifts? What sort of artifacts were they? The one gift was a uh, looked like a picture frame, and when you stared into it, you could see uh, movement, and it was of of their of solar system or their planet. It was a picture, but but it was a. I don't know what kind of picture you could, ex- I, could I don't even know how you could explain it. Like an iPad or something. Or I wish you were here yeah, uh, uh, moving uh, postcards. That's a good, an iPad with just a, one picture of, the, of, their cra- of their planet, their solar system. I think it was solar system and planet. And then they gave him a, uh, a bracelet. And the bracelet, um, well, I didn't put it on, but when he says he put, put the bracelet on, it gave him visions of the universe. Wow. Okay. Well, this turned out to be a very interesting episode. We're so glad to have had you uh, on today. Yeah, and for the record, have we been okay? Have we uh, have we been polite? Have we uh, sort of rattled your cage? Or I mean, have, have you felt comfortable? Uh, did we do okay? We've had a couple of oh, shows you, recently yeah, where people said we've been badgering our our guests. Uh, I hope that uh, we didn't come across that way. I know you had some reservations about coming on the show uh, and, and doing radio in particular, uh, would you be willing to come back and, uh, and take up a part two? Because uh, I'll tell you, Rick, this is fascinating stuff. And, uh, and I'm sure our listeners would love to uh, hear that you're coming back on the show and, and uh, discussing some more of these uh, fascinating uh, revelations that you've uh, been sharing with us. Yeah, I, I could, I would, I would come back on um, 
provided that my uh, schedule permitted, I'm contracted with a film company. They're making a film out in Nevada, and I'm I've been out there on and off for the last uh, six, seven weeks. So and we'll, we probably have another uh, six or seven weeks left film a shoot out there. This week, they're not filming. Okay, we'll work it out for you. We'll definitely work it out because we do want to get you back. Like, we want to talk a little bit more about your interactions with Linda Moulton Howe, but we only have two minutes left. That would take that would take hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd like to hear some more about this movie you're doing too. And, yeah, I was going to say, when are you going to be able to talk about that? Yeah. Well, obviously, you know that I can't discuss anything until you know it comes out. It's a uh, no teasers. So, well, it's a it's, a, it's about uh, Area 51 and uh, ton about test range and, and and some secrets that have, have been leaked out and um, and we actually were able to get in the. About this range of film at some uh, two locations uh, with with uh, some very unique permission and and we were highly monitored by it by the security people but but it's going to be interesting. What's your role? What's your role in the project? Uh, uh, how how are you designated? I'm an advisor. Uh, I actually sent in the original idea and to to. Uh, company a guy that used to work for the, the history channel and then um, they hired me so that's how i got involved so then you're basically aside from this essentially retired right i'm, I'm retired yeah i'm totally retired yeah I, I do this and i do some consulting and other things well so thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show uh it's been fascinating i'm sure this is going to be one of the more popular episodes in the uh you know, 10, 11 year history of the, of the program. And I, I mean that uh, it's been a, a real pleasure to, to have you on. And, uh, you know, we really look forward to getting you back because uh, like you said, this has uh, been merely an introduction to uh, a very fascinating career and, and insights into uh, some of the most important mysteries that we have uh, remaining as a culture. So uh, we really uh, thank you and appreciate your, your, uh, your coming on and look forward to uh, continuing the conversation. Okay. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Obviously, you don't have a website yet. No, I did have one once, but it was crashed and hacked. And but no, I don't have a website. I have an email address, and I, I get hundreds and hundreds of emails. I'm sure I'm going to get a thousand uh, now from people. I have a lot of fans. I have a, I have a heck of a fan base, but I have a lot of enemies too. <laughs> you can find us, by the way. Our address on Twitter is the Paracast. You can also find us on Facebook, where we have, by the way, two official Paracast fan clubs. We've not mentioned the fact that we have a special subscription service called the Paracast Plus. We offer the After the Paracast podcast, which can be Monday morning quarterbacking, after show commentary, special continuing interviews. And obviously, we'll have a few things and comments to say about Rick Doty's appearance on the Paracast and the hope for a future appearance. We also offer a version of this show free of the network ads. So those of you on YouTube who constantly complain about the ads, this is the solution. I always explain it to them, by the way, that if you want an ad-free version, because we're offering the same network version that every GCN listener gets, if you want the ad-free version, just check plus.theparacast.com. Point your browser to plus.theparacast.com. We offer... The ad-free version of the Paracast, the After the Paracast podcast that has no breaks, whatever, 
and is basically uncensored and lots of other really good stuff. And by the way, in future episodes, we're working on something where we might talk with Paul Kimball and Stanton Friedman, who's retiring from UFO research. That's going to be interesting in the future. And I want a special thank you to Randall, J. Randall Murphy, for working with me and Chris on this show. Rick Doty, thank you so much for joining us on the Paracast. You're very welcome. Yeah, good evening. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. 